0: gentlemen welcome to episode five of the big nickel idp podcast on the big three network I am your host, John Macri, PFF's IDP specialist and data analyst. And in case you haven't heard, it is April. It's the month of which the NFL draft takes place. So how could we not talk about the NFL draft? Just as we did last episode with Kyle Bellafuel, who joined me to talk about our top linebacker prospects. Uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out. It was a fun one. But now with linebackers in the books, we're going to continue the hashtag grinding the tape series of breaking down incoming IDP rookie prospects and This episode is going to be focused on some of the top edge rushers in this year's class and helping me to break down this group and actually completing the trilogy of guests from idpguys.org is the content manager at idpguys.org. He is also the host of the IDP update podcast, another new league mate of mine. He is the fantastic Joseph Hagen better known as Joey the Tooth. Joey, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing
1: today, sir? I am fantastic. And it's very nice to finally meet you, Mr. Macri. For sure. We've talked a lot over the past couple of months, but uh, never actually talked to each other. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of the the Twitter DMs back and forth, right. and, and just uh, just chatting that way. But it's nice to get a little bit of face to face, and and it's good that technology allows that because uh, yeah, we're in different countries, so that uh, that this makes it a lot easier. And yeah, definitely. It should be fun.
1: Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about this year's rookie class for IDP?
0: Yeah, um, it's. It's a good class. I think for linebackers, it was deeper mm-hmm. than I thought it initially Same. Um, might be. Same here. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that maybe have similar skill sets near the, the, the later portion of the, the linebacker group, but at the front, they all have kind of these different skill sets, which yeah. separate them. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, the, yeah, the defensive line the edge rushers group is, is a really interesting one. We don't really have that. Kind of like blue chip, you know Chase Young or or Nick Bosa, but uh, a lot of interesting guys there. And yeah, the safety group. I just started diving in. I've I've watched tape on on a couple handfuls of guys, and um, there's a few guys that I really like in there too. So it's, I'm intrigued. I'm always intrigued by the rookie class. But yeah, how about you?
1: Oh, I, I I'm a fan, and I like it. Great for rookie drafts because there's nobody like that Chase Young or Nick Bosa. So. You can load, like I do in normal drafts, you can load up on offense early and then wait till those third, fourth rounders and get some great IDP gems. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. The, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any, IDPs go in the first round. I'm sure, like somebody's going to end up in like this, like really attractive landing spot and yeah. catch the eye of a lot of people, like Patrick Queen did last year mm-hmm. um, on top of Chase Young, right? But um, yeah, like you said, there's there's not those guys that are clear and obvious number ones, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I can't wait for the draft. I think it's the best time of year. So uh,
1: I'm, I'm pumped to see where these guys end up. Same, same, same. I love the draft. Um, actually, I would like to extend an invite your way now that we're talking draft. Um, at uh, IDP, guys, we do a live feed for day one, two, and three. And if you're interested for coming on and talking the draft with us in any of the time slots, we'd love to have you. I would definitely be down. Yeah, that'd be fun for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I know we're doing,
0: we're doing like a semi live stream on day one, mm-hmm. um, for, for like this podcast and, and with the guys, the big three, and, nice. um, we're going to jump on like halfway through the draft and just, uh, and, and, do like a live stream there but yeah day two and three i'm
1: free and uh i would i would definitely be down that would be fun hell yeah yeah definitely i'll I'll keep in touch then i'll let you know because we're gonna set up a whole sheet and have some people time slamp and we're just gonna keep bringing people in that's awesome that'd be fun yeah yeah i look forward to that i love day
0: two especially like that's one of my favorite days like it's just there's a little bit more of the unknowns and that's when you start really getting like those um you know for like more attractive landing spots whether it's for running backs or um yeah linebackers mm-hmm. for example so yeah that'll be good sweet all right yeah i'm definitely down so um yeah and and you just released your top 10 edge rusher Uh, article as well that just came out this week yeah Uh, an excellent article uh i've released my top defensive lineman article as well so the spoilers are kind of out there for this episode for some of it anyways (laughs) um but definitely for anybody listening go check those out on uh, idpguys.org and pff respectively uh after you listen but uh yeah either way I'm, i'm interested to getting to to talk about these guys with you uh some of them were were we differ on and some of them were pretty much in the same boat. So, uh, I, am someone who really respects the work that you do, writing up these prospects and putting in the great, putting in some great content. So I'm sure I'll be able to learn a thing or two from you as we go through the list here. And, uh, I'm sure
1: the listenership will too. Oh yeah. And definitely likewise too. I, it, it's always nice talking football with somebody when you know, you can tell they know what they're talking about. Cause it's like, they'll always <laughs> find something that you miss. It's like you, yeah. there's always something you miss and Definitely. then somebody brings a point to you and you just have to be, a lot of people aren't humble enough to be able to change their opinion on somebody, yeah. but you have to be able to just listen to see what somebody else brings up and then go back and look and like, oh, I didn't see that. And yeah. I've, I've done that with a couple of guys. And when I started watching, I had my guys and my mm-hmm. ranks have just like <laughs> done a lot of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's been a lot of fluctuation with me too. Like, um, like my, my rankings are even different a little bit from like our PFF big board, for example, Mm -hmm. um, for, for some of these edge guys, even for the linebackers and yeah, it's good. I think it's important to kind of get different perspectives and, and learn from, from other people who know what they're talking about. Right. And you need to be able to take that information and apply it to your own work and, and see, uh, What's you know what the results end up being once you you get a different set of eyes on the definitely player in this case, right? Yep, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, before we dive into the into the rookies, I, I do have like a common question that I like to ask our guests. Um, and and I'd, I'm really interested in getting your your contribution as well. So basically it is uh, who would you be putting on your Mount Rushmore of IDPs from the time that you've been playing in IDP leagues, which I believe was 2012. You mentioned to me. Yep. Um, yeah, so basically four IDPs, they can be your, your most rostered guys, who were your best guys, uh, in that time, uh, who helped you win championships,
1: whatever you'd like, uh, who would you like to put on your IDP Mount Rushmore? All right. Mine is going to be all from my first ever IDP draft that 2012 season. It was Luke Keekley as a rookie, Levante David as a rookie. Harrison Smith as a rookie and J.J. Watt as his second year. I got all of them super late in that 2012 draft that I did in my first ever startup for, for, uh, IDP. And they all killed it that year. And it just, it set the table for me when I decided to draft IDP and actually start digging into rookies more because I had now three guys that were rookies and one guy who was a second year who had absolute amazing years. So it's like, I found myself, all right, let me load up on offense early and take flyers in some of these rookie picks and, and see how they pan out. And for the most part, it's worked out quite well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say, I yeah.
1: would say that draft specifically worked out really oh, well for you. It was, And <laughs> I also had Alden Smith on that team too. Oh my God. Yeah. That, yeah, that IDP remarkable. team was... yeah. That's a, yeah. Those are some home
0: run picks. Obviously, Yeah, even yeah, like Keekly, Levante, David. Like again, like these guys are relative like unknowns, right. you know, coming out at that time. Especially if you're new to IDP, right? Like right. there's you know, you may not have done like you know college research on them, for example, right. right? Find out what they were like before entering the draft, and yeah, if you
1: if you're getting those guys, those are literal home runs on on each yeah. pick. It was literally the last four picks of that draft for me. It was JJ Watt. Then wow. it was Luke Kuechly, Levante David, and then Harrison Smith. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Uh, I
0: didn't have... Yeah, I didn't, in 2012, I got Levante David in his rookie year. And Harrison Smith was on my team, but I don't think it was his rookie year. It might have been the year after. But I, I in that that league specifically, I never got to get uh, Luke Kuechly or J.J. Watt, unfortunately, mm. to have that kind of combo. But that is... Uh,
1: yeah, that's dangerous. That's, yeah, uh, that's championship caliber right there it was in that i won that first year and then i i drafted the next year i had keekley on my team again and harrison smith i think i had harrison smith for like the past <laughs> i think since 2012 i've only had him on almost every one of my teams wow but i uh i won the following year and then got second the next year and then won again four years later this was my home league Thanks. so i was like <laughs> got my name on the bill a few times i loved it oh yeah yeah, I love the belt. You guys do the belt the yeah. championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do that for
0: our home league too. I uh <laughs> Yeah, my name's on there a few times. Those guys hate it. Um, but I, I had won three years in a row and four out of five years oh, um, wow. during a stretch there. So uh, that belt was, was home for a while.
1: Um, and I, now I just got to get back to reclaiming it. Yep. But, yeah. Championship belt is great. Love that. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's nice to be able to hand it off or send it to somebody like our yeah. buddy used to live in the same state as us. He just moved to Florida. So he's like, well, I, now I need to win it this time because he hasn't won it yet. The creator of the league hasn't won it yet. He's gotten oh. second a couple of times, third a couple of times, but he's like, now I need you to send it to Florida or just come see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the
0: hard part when everybody's so far away, right? Yeah. It's, yeah shipping's not cheap either. No, <laughs> especially for a big weighted belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um all right. That's a that's a great list. Love it. I'm adding it to the uh the collection. And uh there's yeah, Luke keekley's and JJ Watt have been the most common names so far, I think. Um who's on yours? I want to ask, actually. Yeah, so for, for me it was I had Levante David. Mm-hmm. Um he's one of my all-time favorite defensive players mm-hmm. and he's been on my team, a lot of my teams for a long time. Uh Deion Jones was another one for me yeah. just because he's he was like a commonly rostered player for me. And I just keep coming back to him. I I, I love him as a player. Yeah. uh,
1: I'm a big Dan Jones truther too.
0: Yeah. I can't seem to quit him. So he's, (laughs) he's always around. Um, Aaron Donald was a big one for me. I drafted him as a rookie and he's been on my team ever since in the home league. So yeah, I've been happy with him and, uh, Landon Collins was another one. Oh, he was My safety. Yeah. So when he was with the giants, I drafted him and, uh, I, I traded him away late when he, when he went to Washington, but he helped me win a couple championships yep. for sure.
1: So. Yeah. That was it. his rookie season in New York. That was just so unbelievable. Or was it his second yeah. year?
0: Yeah. I think uh, that's a good question. I can't remember which year. It was year one it was, of those, he but had he had one had an really unreal. big year. And then
1: one year that was good, but yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah he's uh, yeah, he was a, uh, he was a key for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. So I put him on there as uh, to pay my respects. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so Joey and I, we we have come up with a list of of ten edge rushers that that we want to discuss. Um, we were, we were going to call this a, a general like defensive line group, but I think we both agreed that Christian Barmore of Alabama, he he was the only real defensive interior player worth considering in most IDP rookie drafts. So we're just going to stick with the edge rushers um, for this episode uh, and we'll run down 10 names uh, to know from this edge rusher class, hopefully break them down for you in a way that you can be familiarized with some of their strengths and weaknesses and help you with who the top targets in your IDP rookie drafts or dynasty startups um, might be. So as we we go through each player, we'll, we'll even throw out our favorite landing spot for each guy as to... Where we'd like to see them end up for fantasy purf- purposes or where we think they might get drafted, anything like that. And then at the end of the episode, we'll rank our favorites from one to 10. So, with that being said, we'll get things going and we'll run through this list uh, alphabetically by first name. We'll start with Aziz Ojulari out of Georgia. Uh, Joey, I'll let you kick us off here. What were your thoughts
1: on Ojulari? I am a big fan of Ogilari. Uh Number one, he dominated the SEC as a sophomore. Uh, I think he led the SEC in sacks. Uh, he's got that killer instinct. You, you love to see off the edge. Like he he doesn't have any quit. He's got a high motor. Um, what I love to watch is when he he almost sets up offensive linemen. Like he he can counter with like very minimal thought process. Like he he can set up a lineman and then just counter with a swing move or a spin move. And it just, it seems effortless to him. Where some guys, they they have a move set in their mind and they just go for it. ojalari has got that move set, but if it's if it's caught, he like seamlessly just second move, counter move. And it's it just, it's there for him. It all clicks for him. So I, I think he's got the athleticism, obviously. He's got the power, he's got burst. And I think the only thing he really needs to clean up is maybe his ability to set the edge and run game, but he wasn't really asked to do it in Georgia. They yeah. literally wanted him to get at the quarterback.
0: Yeah. That's what he is, right? He's, he's like this, this speed rusher and he's really, really good at it. He, <laughs> he probably, like if, if you're looking at this edge rusher class and you want to pick a guy that has perfected one move, his his speed move around the edge yeah. is about as good as anybody in this class. Like he's just seamless the way he's able to kind of come around the edge with speed, mm-hmm. slap the hands down on the offensive lineman, and just bend around them to get to the quarterback. Yeah. It's, it is really, really impressive. Um, Yeah, he's he's got a slighter frame. So there, there might be times where he has difficulty getting off blocks in the run game and things like that, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, he's not like a, you know, he's not like a powerful guy necessarily. Um, you know, if he's trying to stunt inside or something like that, he, he, he's probably going to have to rely on that speed to kind of slip in between the gaps. Right. Um, it's more, you know, trying not to let the offensive line get hands on him and he's, he's quick enough that he's been able to do that. Um, yeah, the 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 way that he wins again, like in against the run, when he is out there, is kind of attacking that gap using his speed. Um, he's mo- yeah, mostly plays that kind of outside contain role, mm-hmm. um, and, he's, and he's he's not terrible at it. I found like he doesn't, he doesn't lose contain a lot. Um, but yeah, it's something, it's something that he kind of probably has to work on. Um, just if he wants to be like a three down player, right. uh, in the NFL, which that was kind of the the hesitation for me was like from an IDP standpoint, you kind of want that floor to be a little bit higher and not right. just rely on the sacks. So, um, and it's there. I mean, it, it can easily be there for sure, but that was that was just the only hesitation I had. But uh, uh him as a pass rusher is 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 it's about as
1: good as anybody in this class. His bend is just right. insane. Like I saw that. something the other day that somebody had said that he's very stiff off the edge and he lacked any true bend. I was like, What? So I had to go back and look again. I was like, no, 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 that's that's not true at all. I was no. like, man, yeah, he's he's got some flex to his hips. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there
0: is a strip sack that he has against, I think it's Tennessee and he's coming up around the edge and he dips under the left tackle, almost dragging his elbow, spins the guy on his ass. Like, yeah, he falls down he just spins him on his ass and he comes around and he, he strips the quarterback. It was, I mean, you can't watch that play and tell me he doesn't have bend like he's, Yeah, he's a he's a solid uh, edge rusher for sure. Coming mm-hmm. around that that corner, so yeah. How about um, as far as landing Spacco, where do
1: where do you, you kind of see him? Um, so, depending on who's drafting, I could see him go anywhere from the middle of the first to the beginning of the second. Mm-hmm. Um, I could easily see like in the middle of the first, somebody like the Oakland Raiders taking him. Oh yeah, because uh, Farrell's kind of been. I don't want to say a failure, but he hasn't lived up to that number six overall. Or was yeah, he number yeah. four?
0: Number four Number four. four. Yeah.
1: And um, Max Crosby, you saw a little bit of regression from him last year, but I think he's more of that one-dimensional pass rusher again. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if you add Ojalari to that mix, you almost get this now rotation of three mm-hmm. pass rushers. Farrell can be your your more of a rundown guy and then you can keep rotating in Crosby and Ojolari.
0: Yeah, I like that call. I mean it's definitely a big need for the Raiders. Like I know they um did they sign yeah they signed in Gokway, right? Oh, that's um, right. And they're kind of similar players too, which yeah. is funny. Um, yeah. Incredibly yeah, similar. It, 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 yeah. It's actually kind of similar to my, um, my landing spot is I, I put the Ravens. Um, yeah. so. They, because they, they lost they, in look, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like in a little bit and even like Tyus Bowser for, uh, in a way too. So mm-hmm. they have those kind of stand up edge rushers, um, and, and you know, the Georgia asked Ojolari to drop into coverage a little bit too. Yeah. And, yeah. and Baltimore, they, their edge rushers dropped into coverage more than any
1: other team in the NFL last year. So. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was not. crazy. You mentioned Tyus Bowser. I had no idea and I watched a couple of their games and you watched him <laughs> drop. I was like, was yeah. not expecting that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. you don't see it all that often in the mm-hmm. NFL, but the Ravens did it a ton, like significantly more than any other team yeah. um, and Bowser specifically. So, yeah. So I, I kind of like the fit there. I think, I think Ojolari probably goes in the first round. Yeah. Um, I could see that, but yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it, it could be early second as well with this this group. It's kind of up in the air in right. a way. So yeah, it just depends on, on how teams feel about them. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll move on to the the next player. Uh, the next guy on the list is Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest, a.k.a. Boogie Basham. He's known as Boogie. Uh, yeah. So for me, Carlos Basham, I'll, I'll kind of start with, with the negatives a little bit the negatives I think came for me in his run defense. Uh, it was a little bit hard to watch at times. I think the Clemson game in particular, uh, he was washed out or widened on just way too many plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, that that offensive line handled him pretty easily in in that game. And part of it was him like kind of jumping to the wrong gap a little bit, but, but either way, he wasn't playing great run defense in that game. So mm-hmm. uh, he, he doesn't have a ton of second effort in the run game. Uh, once he's kind of moved, he, he seems out of it a little bit. So, and, and part of it too, like after watching him, I feel like maybe he's kind of tired. He plays a lot. He played like 73% of snaps every week. Right. And he's well, like he's a big guy. He's huge. He's like 285. 285. Yeah. <laughs> so. So having him out there for that many snaps, I think was kind of more on Wake Forest as a team, like leaving him out there, getting him tired. I don't think that's really his role Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL. I think he'll come in more as like a, you know, situational pass pass rusher to maybe start. Um, But uh, yeah, I think... Uh, for him too, the large majority of his pass rush wins were those were kind of inside moves. You don't really see him use a lot of speed around the edge. And again, I think that's one of those things with him just being a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. He, he he's always looking to set up inside, um, which NFL offensive linemen might pick up on quickly and, and be able to take out. But that was the negatives for me. Uh, the positives, I think, were was his size, being 285 pounds. He's one of the bigger edge rushers in this class, and he has good hands too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's able to. kind of knock down the hands of the offensive lineman and he has some good, decent finesse moves uh, for a bigger guy like that. Uh, really good production as well over the past three seasons, uh, 23 sacks and 137 pressures, uh, which was like a top 10 mark in the, in the entire country for, for the last three years. So nice. for both of those, um, categories, uh, and is it in, that inside swim move? So I said, he, he likes to rely on that inside move a little bit more. He has a really nice inside swim move. It, it looks good when you watch it. Yeah. Uh, he just, you know, doesn't necessarily have the speed, um, to win outside, but at least he does show that finesse. Um, and apparently his, is 2019, 2019 tape is a lot better. I haven't been able to watch that. Unfortunately, just kind of watched the 2020 tape. So yeah. probably have to go back and watch that to get a clear picture of, of Basham. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of what I saw from 2020. How about you?
1: Yeah. I found, uh, looking at almost all these guys, 2019 tape is almost where you have to get some more of your focus because 2020 was a strange year. Mm-hmm. It was really tough. And I think even as, as a young player, it's even harder.
0: Yeah. Cause yeah,
1: preparation, that's... it's all preparation for these guys. And, and you get it from your coaches. So when you're not allowed to see your coaches and you're not allowed to go practice as often, it's, it's just tough. It was tough. Yeah. It was a tough year, but yeah, 2019 was much better film. Um, he's, I like his size for the NFL because it gives him a little bit of positional versatility. Like he can play, and a four-three as a four-three end, I'd actually like to see him move to a three-four end, and uh, maybe so he can rely mostly on his inside moves and, and everything. He he does need to work on that run defense. You're correct; he needs to work on filling gaps. But uh, I love his size. Uh, his last 19 games, he had seven force fumbles too. Oh wow! So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was it was the last 19 games he had 22 and a half uh, tackles for a loss. 15 sacks and seven force fumbles. Nice. So they, it was pretty impressive, but I don't see anything he does. That's like, wow factor. Mm-hmm. He's just your, your guy, you, you know what you're going to get. You have a productive pass rusher. Who's going to, he's going to get you some tackles, but he's not going to wow you in anything. Right. But so I, I like Basham, but I'm not Excited by passion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel about him too. Like like, maybe, you
0: know, if if we get a clear picture, like he's gonna be like a day one starter, then you get a little bit more excited, but I I don't think that's the case for him. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. He's he's kind of like middle of the pack with some potential um for me as well. So um as far as like landing spots go, just since we're kind of talking about it, um, I I had him going to the Buffalo Bills. I think they they have some bigger edge rushers already there, yep. guys like Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, but yep. they're both getting older. Um, AJ Epinesa is not a small guy either. He's right. a pretty big uh, right. pretty big player. So I think with Hughes and Addison kind of getting older, both those guys played like 700 plus snaps last mm-hmm. year. I, I don't think you're going to rely on that um, to be the case every year with no. them getting older. So I think Epinesa and Basham could kind of be the future there in, in Buffalo and, and gives them a chance to kind of learn behind some guys who have um you know similar size and, and can teach them a few ways how to kind of utilize that size and things like that so yeah
1: um i actually went sliding him inside as a 3-4 and moving him to arizona so you okay. you bring in you, they brought in jj watt who's going to be probably a 3-4 and on the other end put basham on the other side now last year they lacked any interior pass rush mm-hmm. i mean i think what was it? Maybe Zach Allen for one game. But he hasn't really he hasn't really shown much as a youngster. So I think if you bring in Basham, let him play across from from a uh, JJ Watt, and then you bring back Chandler Jones, and they brought back Marcus Golden, I believe. Did they? I think oh, I, I think they that. signed him oh, okay. in the in the offseason for another oh, wow. one year deal. So you already have some decent rush off the edge, so you don't have to worry about Basham really relying on his lack of athleticism on the outside. Hmm let him play to his strengths and use his inside moves.
0: Yeah. That's a good call. And what better kind of tandem to learn from than JJ Watt and Chandler.
1: Jones right. Exactly. Too. And you'd yeah. have very little attention on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, JJ Watt too. He's a guy that's moved around the line as well. He, he's played some interior
1: yeah. uh, in his well, career, he's a, right? He's so six, eight in his own, right? Yeah. He's, he's a he's monster. A monster. <laughs> he's unbelievable. Yeah yeah
0: it's uh, yeah I like that call that's a good one um all right so going on to Gregory Russo from Miami I'll let you uh kick him off Joey
1: all right I like Gregory Russo mainly as a project so he's six foot seven but he has a bit of a slimmer frame to him he's a former safety he played safe he played some safety in high school like he, he when he was in high school he played mainly safety <laughs> Right. Wait, what? Right. Yeah. I can yeah. see the tape of this. Why? Yes, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Probably because he was just the best player on the team and they said, all right, we need you to cover some ground. Holy. But, yeah. but I mean, his, his 2019 was unbelievable uh, 19 yeah. and a half tackles for a loss and 15 and a half sacks. What I did notice is a very large man with some incredible athletic traits. Like his athleticism is off the chain but he needs to learn technique. So he's six foot seven and almost every time offensive lineman's getting his hands on him first. And then he's got to, he's got to work to get him off, but you have that length on you you just get that first jab and just, just keep the lineman off you. And then you can work your athleticism from there. Mm -hmm. But he's just, he's a, he's a very raw prospect, uh, he just needs to work on technique. He's got all the athletic traits, including eye popping size. And if he can put it all together, get some decent coaching, he can be phenomenal. Yeah. But he's he's a bit raw for my liking, but he could be one he could easily be a DL one in two years, three years. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think you put it as a good way. He is, he's very raw. He's, he's kind of, um, this project type guy. He's kind of like the, the poster child for, for this edge rusher
1: class in a way. Like, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He's just this, It's a this lot work- of potential.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's these athletic guys who are very much like work in progress type players. Um, we just, and and we just kind of need to see more of them, right. Mm-hmm. To kind of get an idea. And I, that, that was one of the negatives for me was I, I understand the opt out in 2020, but it would have, it would have made, it would have painted a clear picture, I think for what Russo could be um, at the next level, just to see him another year, especially after such a productive 2019. He right. was Behind only Chase Young, I think, in in terms of sacks yep. as, as a
1: redshirt freshman. So, and it'd be nice to see how he would go up against with Roche and Phillips there too. See right. if he can be the alpha there, or if he all of a sudden now slides behind.
0: Yeah, that would have that would have definitely been interesting. That would have been a really dangerous defensive line oh, from like a, <laughs> a pass rushing man. perspective. Because yeah, he and he moved he moved around the. The, the line quite a bit too. Like 14% of his snaps were were as a nose tackle uh, in really? 2019. So yeah, he's, that's what I, I kept looking for him on the tape on the edge and he's right there in the middle playing head up against the center. Uh, it, it was a zero technique and I'm kind of like, oh, okay. So uh, he has that kind of versatility yeah. and I think they put him there too. Like he, a lot of his his pass rush wins came against interior offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually those are the weaker offensive linemen in in college, especially. Right. Um, didn't have like a ton of wins on the edge, like you said. Like he. Uh, he he needs to be able to utilize his hands, get on get on blockers first, and 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 kind of use that that length that he has to to win a little bit more. But he can stretch out. He makes plays using his six foot six frame. Uh, I think he's six foot six. Yeah. yeah. So um, he he's. I think there's there's definitely more to kind of unlock with Russo's game. But he he definitely has the tools to do it. So for me, uh, he's like you said we're in the same boat here. He's kind of this project type player. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the NFL views him, but yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where, where did you, uh, where did you think he he
1: might benefit from ending up? Um, in the NFL? I don't think it's my favorite, but I think he goes to somewhere like Dallas because Dallas okay. is a, is a team that always gushes over potential mm-hmm. and they desperately need to find an edge rusher to match with Demarcus Lawrence. They haven't been able to find it. Alden Smith's, 31 years old after what five years missing football (laughs) yeah i mean he even played decent but they need to find somebody to give demarcus Lawrence some help because Mm -hmm. he can't do it all so i think they're they might reach on and hope for killer potential so and it wouldn't be a bad landing spot for him
0: no it definitely wouldn't yeah i can i can definitely see dallas um Kind of falling in love with him, like you mm-hmm. said. Like Jerry Jones um, mm-hmm. likes to kind of take swings on these guys that uh, that flash. So. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I put them in Indianapolis. Yeah, um, they're they're another team that can use some some pass rush. Um, but again, they were also a team that that was a little bit more um, versatile in how they use their defensive linemen. So guys like Danico Autry or Taekwon Lewis, they mm-hmm. move them inside a little bit and use them on the edge. So I think that kind of suits Russo's skill set from what we saw in, in Miami uh, for a year. So. He's not great against the run either. He does have a couple plays, but Indianapolis at least has some big run stoppers like DeForest Buckner and even Grover Stewart um, who could kind of play in place there um, and let him kind of develop behind them.
1: Yeah. And like you said, that wingspan, if you can coach him, you could be just devastating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's, I think, yeah. Behind the right coaching staff, like you said, like he, he could be really interesting. He's, he's like one of those toolsy pass rushers basically that, uh, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be teams that fall in love with. And then other guys that might think he's too raw, like somebody, you know, like like a Belichick or somebody like that might not yeah. be as interested in him, Right. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting one, but he's one of the more, um, kind of polarizing, pass rushers i've found from yeah. this class
1: that athletic uh, uh, sorry a- athleticism with a six seven frame is yeah <laughs> yeah it's dangerous yep
0: <laughs> um all right so let's go on to okay uh hamilcar hamilcar rashad how do you do you know how to yeah, say I think
1: it Rashed. Rashed Rashed. Rashed.
0: yeah so hamilcar rashad uh from oregon state he his 2019 i didn't get to watch it uh, i understand it's much better i wish i did watch it A million times better <laughs> the 2020 tape was really really uninspiring. inspiring
1: very uninspiring
0: yeah no it's 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 uh it was one of the harder ones to watch for me he's he's a poor tackler um he had like a twenty one percent miss tackle rate mm-hmm. uh, twenty nine miss tackles for his career he was really like a non factor on so many of his passing plays um, there wasn't a lot of things to get excited about from him even tight ends were handling him with relative ease um, <laughs> he had just eight pressures and zero sacks on one hundred and forty six pass rush Ooh. snaps so really Poor, poor numbers. He, of everybody that we're going to go through on this list, he had the lowest pass rush win rate uh, of the past two years with 11.8% and the lowest pressure rate. Um, uh, at 10.1% of the last two years from this group. So he's really kind of at the bottom of the list. I, I couldn't find anything really to love about, um, Rashad. I he's, he's a guy that I'm, j- I'm not really interested in. Maybe as somebody who's maybe watched the 2019 tape, maybe you could convince me
1: otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's, he's another pretty raw guy. Uh, he doesn't, have much technique he tries to win off athleticism which isn't the greatest but (laughs) it's mostly footwork with him if you watch his feet he's got incredibly quick feet and um there's i'm trying to I, i posted a clip on him when i wrote a thread on him and it's he does a stunt move inside and he gets picked up and he does just a quick stutter step and blows by the lineman and it was just, it, it was like no hands-on. And it's, it's little moves like that in 19 that gave me a little bit of excitement about him. He set a school record in both tackles for a loss and sacks for Oregon State in 2019. So he had 22 and a half tackles for a loss. And I think it was 14 and a half sacks. Okay. So his, his 19 season was really well. Like if you look at the beginning of, if you do any Debbie drafts, if you looked at Debbie rankings last year, <laughs> Mm-hmm. He was probably in like the top 10, top 15 IDPs. Oh, wow. But okay. <laughs> I mean, it, he is exactly like 80% of this class. It's very little technique. It's all potential and athleticism. So all these guys need to be coached. They all have something they do well for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's his footwork. Mm-hmm. If he can work on, uh, he's got some good bursts too, actually. His burst is pretty good, but his overall speed is bad as he off the line he's quick so it, again it comes to his footwork but yeah. i like his footwork that's about it okay. <laughs> but his 2019 tape take a look at it it is a lot better okay. but the missed tackles you were 100% right on he's yeah. a big liability he's going to be another guy who's just pure pass rush so mm. i i would like to see him land somewhere where they do a rotation yeah
0: yeah that's uh yeah that was the thing with him like uh, I'll, I'll go wa- I'll go back and watch his 2019 tape for sure. Just because yeah, I needed to take a break from him after <laughs> watching the 2020 <laughs> tape. I was like, this
1: guy is- <laughs> 2020 was terrible. yeah and It he really did like- it for some people. It was absolutely horrible. Some people it was fantastic, but some oh, wow. guys it was just what happened.
0: Yeah, I know it's, it, it was a weird year for yeah. sure that you see this big, um, kind of changes in from year to year. And I don't know if it was a COVID year or, you know, playing a shorter schedule, yeah. who knows what it was, but, um, it's kind of the tape we got. So yeah. unfortunately, and the Pac-12
1: was weird too. Didn't the Pac-12 get a later start than most of the other yeah. conferences? Yeah, they did. So that, yeah. that, that's why I wasn't holding 2020 on him too much. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: fair. That's fair. I, I, I'm i going to go back and watch him because uh, I just needed, yeah, that
1: kind of break in between. But and it's not, it's in not overly inspiring, but it's much more inspiring.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, I did put it like I put a note because I wanted to look at like the 2019, like what, you know, because what he what he did in 2019 that was so special. And yeah, I saw like the 14 and a half or 15 sacks, mm-hmm. whatever it was. But even that was on just 35 pressures. So yeah. it was like a pretty high pressure to sack conversion rate. It's, it's like an impossible rate to kind of maintain. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, if the, if it's there, I'd, I'd like to see it. And I'm going to keep an eye on the footwork. Like you said, it's, yeah. that's, it's uh, that's something to, to keep an eye on. So, okay. Um, yeah, for ideal fits, I, originally I put the XFL, but no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but somewhere, somewhere I think he can play, like, like you said, like a backup role come in as, as kind of a, to give better players a rest. I, I was thinking maybe like a Pittsburgh behind mm-hmm. TJ Watt and even Alex Highsmith or, or Denver or something like that behind Vaughn Miller yeah. and Bradley Chubb just to kind of uh, come in that way to the league. So he'd be probably a slow burn uh, as far as IDP value goes if he, if he gets there, but um, that's the way I saw him.
1: Yeah, I was you? thinking um somewhere like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, they have Nick Bosa, they have yep. D Ford, they have Eric Armstead. Hopefully D Ford comes back healthy. Yeah. Ish. I just yeah, I would like I to know. see him play like 40, 50% of snaps. That's it. <laughs> just give us that. But then you could yeah. have somebody like Rashad come in, play maybe 35, 40%. Mm-hmm. But something like that. I mean, I, I don't mind the 49ers. They had Ronald Blair playing probably right. 30 40 percent of snaps he, he played a little more inside too he had a little bit more size to him but still they they do a lot of rotation outside of nick bosa and mm. eric armstead that that line otherwise rotates quite a bit
0: right yeah that's a good point yeah i could see that that would be a good one so plus they don't
1: have as many draft picks so they can use a sixth rounder on sixth. Him. <laughs> yeah for sure that makes sense um all right we
0: will head back to Miami uh where Jalen Phillips
1: uh is the next man up I am a huge fan of Jalen Phillips I love this guy so he was a number one overall recruit was it three years ago and went to UCLA and it was what was it? it was I think a hamstring injury concussions and then um I forgot, maybe a foot. I can't remember what the last one was. He had three injuries that kind of, he played, ended up playing like 10 games over his first two seasons. And mm. it was just, he almost decided to quit playing football mm-hmm. and then decided instead to transfer to Miami where he came and he played the entire season. And you saw why he was the number one overall recruit. He's got great length. His pursuit's fantastic. Uh, his swim move is the best in the class. Oh, I, yeah. His swim move is unbelievable. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's not his only move; like he, it's his yep. best move. But he's he's got good bend off the edge. It's not like perfect, but it, it's definitely adequate. Um, mm-hmm. I loved watching him come on the back end of plays and run pursuit. Like he mm-hmm. he never gives up. Like like you said, you see some guys they they miss their lane and they give up. He's coming on the back end, still trying to make a play. Yeah. And I think there was a clip. I don't remember who it was. It was one of the running backs for Clemson who broke outside, and he ended up. I think Jalen Phillips made a tackle is like 22 yards downfield because he never gave up. He just was in pursuit and he ended up having to make one cut and Phillips was there to tackle him from behind. I was like, yeah. that's what I like to see. Yeah. He's got speed. Like I, he tested really well at his yeah.
0: pro day. I can't remember what his exact numbers were, but they were impressive 40 numbers too. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh yeah, he's one of my favorites too. I'm a, uh, i am I love Jalen Phillips. It was the negatives basically for me were basically the injury concerns. Mm-hmm. He, he did actually retire technically for he a did year. Retire. Okay. Yeah. So he, he was out of the game for a year and then he came back, um, after his, his stint in UCLA and his, his semi-retirement at to Miami. And yeah, he, you just, you see that player that, uh, that was the five-star recruit, the mm-hmm. number one uh, overall recruit. Um, I didn't have a ton of negatives for him. The only thing was he typically lined up against the right tackle most of the time, which is the weaker of the tackles in college, So, which was whatever for me, honestly, because even the injury concerns weren't too much. He played over 500 snaps last year. He showed that he was in good health. Um, I think he wins with more variety than pretty much any other edge rusher in this class. He Um, seems like the most
1: polished out of all of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, everybody kind of has like one thing that they do really well. Um, where, where Phillips, I thought had a couple of different things at least and, and a different ways to win. So that was what really got me uh, interested in, in Phillips. And like you said, that swim move mm-hmm. is just
1: a thing of beauty. That was the first um, clip I saw was him doing a swim move and I was like,
0: okay, yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's
1: watch some more yeah. of this
0: he can go like untouched at times right. he, he lines up outside the tackle swims and he's like, he's gone before right. the offensive lineman even knows what hit him. So he's, uh, he's impressive in that way. Um, and yeah, his, his elite speed shows up too. I think you mentioned the Clemson game that the, the chasing down the running back, he chased down Trevor Lawrence too, mm-hmm. after beating the offensive lineman on the edge, Yeah, he pushes Trevor Lawrence out of the pocket Lawrence runs up as if he's going to run for the first down and Phillips is able to catch him from behind and take him down and, and get the stop on third down. It was pretty remarkable. Um, he has he has the highest pass rush win rate too of all the players on this list. I thought that was nice. interesting at 20.4%. Uh, and he was a good really good in run defense too. Yeah, um, he was very good in run defense. Yeah, he it was so that was a good sign for me too that he could play all three downs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think he he shows it all. I think he shows power, finesse, explosiveness. Um I, I came away super impressed with uh, yeah. with Jalen Phillips.
1: He reminded me of a young Alden Smith. That's my favorite comp for the guy. Oh, I like that. That's exactly That's what he reminds me of. That's good. That would be nice so if we could get oh, know. Uh, if
0: we can get Alden Smith numbers as a as a rookie for Jalen Phillips. Just not an
1: Alden Smith head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <There's laughs> but mm-hmm. Yeah, Jalen
1: Phillips. Uh where where uh where do you think he, he ends up uh And the more I think about it, the more I could see him ending in the, ending up in the first round. Mm-hmm. But originally I was thinking um, Atlanta at the beginning of the second because they desperately need edge rush and they have for years and they've just failed miserably at finding edge rushers. And I think this is, I think Phillips is your, your one that you know, you're going to get production out of like, he's your one guy. It's like, you're not going for potential. You're not going for athleticism. You're going for skill. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, that's the biggest no brainer for Atlanta in the second round. I feel like yeah. Yeah. If he gets that far, I think it's purely based on like his medicals.
0: Right. Like right. I think, I think he's, he should be probably a first round talent. Um, for me, I, I played the kind of Homer card here because I want him to go to the Browns, <laughs> uh, at the 26th pick. That's where I, I had him playing opposite miles Garrett. That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, it would be a really nice fit. Um, they had Olivier Vernon there. Vernon played well against the run. That yep. was one of his strengths. It's one of Phillip's strengths as well. And just getting to play against an elite talent like, or play across from an elite right. talent like Miles Garrett is uh, is is good for his stock as well.
1: So that was uh, that was me hoping Jalen Phillips goes to Cleveland. I wanted to say San Francisco, but I know there's no way San Francisco is going to land them, especially after all the picks Ooh. they just gave up.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Oh, that was really
1: so they're, yeah, they're drafting 12th now, right? No, they drafted from 12. They're drafting number three now. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of, uh, yeah.
1: They gave up. Philadelphia. They gave up 12. They're 22 first. They're 23 mm-hmm. first. And I think a 22 third, or they're 21 i I'm not 100% sure for number three. I was like, yeah. Oy. Yeah, they're drafting quarterback.
0: It's just a, mag- a matter of who. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I think I feel like it's
1: got to be Justin Fields, right? Everybody's saying it's, it's Matt Jones? Jones. I don't know. So God, he's God. he's kind of like a Shanahan kind of guy. Like he he stands in the he reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan, but mm-hmm. Matt Ryan was a lot more polished, I feel like. Yeah. Matt Ryan was a great quarterback prospect. Matt Jones you saw one year of some good talent, but Yeah. on an elite offense, right? right. But I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they could have, if they were going to take Mac Jones, they could have just sat at 12.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think you're right. I think, I just think like, I feel
0: like the floor is a lot higher with Justin Fields. I would love to see him
1: get fields, but I feel like I just get this strange suspicion that they're just swinging the fences for Mac Jones. Oh man. I know. Well, I'm gonna be tuning into your
0: live stream then early on in the draft to get your reaction. who we'll see who they uh, draft. What my head in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure like Mac Jones will be fine yeah. in Kyle Shanahan's system, but I think trading up three first to get Mac Jones when, like you said, he could have probably right. been there at twelve is it's a horrible misuse of assets. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyways, that's a little sidebar yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So going on to Jason Owe from Penn State, uh, one of the more interesting guys. I think uh, I'll let you uh, kick off
1: uh, Jason Owe here. All right. Jason Owe, he's super athletic. Like I think he just ran a 4.36 at his pro day. It was a pro day number, but still, that's yeah. unbelievable. He's at least close to that. Um, I believe, let me see. I think he had killer uh all killer athleticism like his broad jump was huge too mm-hmm. um yeah 39 and a half inch vertical uh, 11 foot broad jump it's, that's just <laughs> unbelievable from an edge rusher and yeah. I, I think he's 260 pounds too yeah
0: so you have a 200, that- 260
1: pounder that's that athletic i mean that's a way right there you don't yeah. really need much more to get excited about drafting him Um, what I didn't like is number one, I don't want to talk bad on 2020, but he didn't have one sack at 2020. Mm -hmm. Like you saw you, I know you looked at this tape a little bit and you saw he did win a lot. He just didn't finish. Right. But, um, I think what you're getting with OA is another unpolished, um, rookie. I think he's just, he's a huge athletic, athletic prospect And uh, he he wins with his athleticism. He wins with his speed. He wins with... He's got pretty good bend off the edge. Uh, He Mm -hmm. wins with just pure power. And I think if he can be taught some pass rushing moves, then he could be phenomenal. But Mm -hmm. he's... When I'm drafting... IDP rookies you only get a couple of picks so I want to find somebody who I feel like is more polished and I don't have to wait on for two years as an NFL prospect I think he's fantastic but as an IDP prospect I think I'm going to let somebody else jump on him because because of his name and his athleticism I think he probably goes in the fourth round of a mm-hmm. rookie draft maybe fourth or fifth but I, I can't find myself getting him there if he goes to the sixth sure I'll take a flyer on him but I don't think I can go that high on him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. You, you had mentioned that to me too. Um, and, and I think it's all good
0: points uh, for, for me, like just watching him, I'm kind of dubbing him the unluckiest player of 2020. <laughs> he's, he's definitely raw. Um, and he, he can struggle with contact a little bit, even though, you know, he, he's physically gifted, um, which, which we've seen, but I do, I think he's, I think he's, decent as a pass rusher um he's he's come really close I, I say he's unlucky because he comes so close to getting a sack or getting a hand on the quarterback and that ball is just out quick 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 right mm-hmm. so um w- like one of the differences i found when looking at some of these guys like for for um so one of the guys we'll talk about later but patrick jones for example a lot of his sacks came after three seconds right so mm-hmm. we Owe was winning before three seconds. And if the quarterback's holding that ball, that's the amount of time that Patrick Jones's quarterbacks that he's rushing is holding the ball he's getting those sacks mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but the ball's coming out quick so I, I do find that he 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 was winning well um he can win with with kind of like straight line speed off off the edge um, he gets off the line quicker than almost any player in this mm-hmm. class I found he he's got good um, anticipation and and explosiveness and I, I he won in a variety of ways not to the extent that Jalen Phillips did necessarily Necessarily, but he did have like an inside move, an outside move, even a little bull rush um, from time to time yeah. as well that he'd be able to win with. Um, and then one of the other things I liked about him was that speed and that athleticism does show up in game when you when you watch yeah. him. So if you leave him kind of unblocked on the backside of a run play, for example, uh, he's able to chase down running backs and make a play mm-hmm. on, on the ball as well. So it, he does showcase a lot of that athletic tape. The pro day numbers, obviously, you know, you could take those for what they're worth, but they're still really really good um and i think he really improved as a run defender as well he, in in 2019 he he earned a 59.5 run defense grade for us mm-hmm. and then in 2020 went up to an 89.7 oh, nice. uh, so he, he he's raw for sure but i think he's figuring out the
1: position at a, at a decent pace yeah, so yeah, that, and that, that was, obviously shows he's coachable too
0: yeah yeah so it, it's got me a little bit excited about oh i'm uh, <laughs> the pro day didn't help um you know, temper my excitement. That was for sure. Right. But <laughs> oh man, but yeah, he's uh, he's he's an interesting one. I think uh, I I have faith in him. I, I know the zero sacks is is a bummer for sure, but he did have twenty pressures on like over 150 pass rush snaps, something like Mm. that. So it was still, it was still decent uh, for, for his year, but
1: not as great as some of these other guys for sure. Yeah. You mind if we talk about Shaka Tony a little bit since we're on Penn state? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So Shaka Tony is somebody who I actually liked more when I watched film. I actually saw him show up more when I was Mm -hmm. watching OA. So I decided to watch more Tony and watching the film. I thought it was More OA has the killer athleticism and Tony has more of the technique. And then Pro Day happens, and Tony is almost as athletic as OA. I mean, yeah, he ran a four, five, one, but still at that size to run a four, five, one is phenomenal. Plus, he had more repetitions in the bench press than OA. And I'm like, all right, so I matched that with his statistics over the past few seasons, and he has more tackles, more tackles for a loss. And more sacks than OA over the past two seasons. And that mixes in with Yator Gross Matos, who was also there last year, and he outperformed him mm-hmm. too. So I'm like, all right. So is Tony the one guy that nobody's talking about that maybe they should? And the one thing that I think he really lacks at is his run game. Like he's doesn't mm-hmm. really do much in run defense, but I think he can be a great pure pass rusher in that like Trey Hendrickson mold. Right. I think. And I honestly, so Owe could be a three down guy, but you might be able to get more production from your 50% snack guy getting a shock at Tony.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting one. I didn't get to watch a ton of Tony, um, but uh, yeah, I watched, I I was able to watch a little bit of him. Um, For me, like just some of the notes that I had on him, uh, he did have a few, quite a few games where he didn't do much at all. Like he was, I don't, I don't want to call him streaky or anything like that. Cause yeah. I don't
1: think that's really like a thing. But, I think that's what happens uh, when you're, that's your thing. You're a pass rusher and that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's right? So,
1: um,
0: but the games where he was productive, I, I could see it. Like I could see why you like him, mm-hmm. uh, as a pass rusher. He does look good. Uh, he wins quickly with that first move mm-hmm. too. Um, so yeah, I liked, I liked, uh, a lot of his plays, um, some of, some of it was against the run too. So I, I think he just needs to get a little bit more consistent. But yeah, he, he's not a huge guy. Um, yeah, 245. I think maybe he's more of a situational pass rusher, like mm-hmm. you say. But um, yeah, I got I to gotta watch more of Shaka Tony for sure. Because yeah, you picked my interest with him too um, in mentioning him. So I'm going to have to go back and put him on the to-do list to watch more
1: of. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he made his way into the top 10 for me. Just barely. Nice. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I'd slide him in there. I'd slide him in there for sure. Um, especially over like a uh, Hamilcar. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> You're not hiding yeah, that one yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, just just on the little tape that I watched of Tony, I would put him in <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. So um yeah, and but but just to quickly come back to Oh wait, where did you have a, any good landing spot for him? Oh, oh wait,
1: um Oh, where was I think? Oh, uh, I was thinking of Detroit. Oh, okay. They they could use some some life. I know they have O'Quara and they still have Trey Flowers, and I think they just mm-hmm. signed somebody to. him. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they signed somebody this off season, but they don't have anybody that's too always athleticism. Right, and he could be just. I mean, if he starts off, as it's just a situational pass rusher, he could start there. But then he can be a three down guy, and Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's a new regimen. There, they, everybody is expendable. So, yeah. so they're going to get their guys.
0: Yep. yeah, That's a good call. I like that. Um, I went with Tennessee. Uh, I know they just signed Bud Dupree this off season, but I think, you know, even with Harold Landry there, I think there's more than enough snaps to kind of go around. Yeah. Harold Landry played like over a thousand snaps last season. Um, yeah. Which is more than any other edge defender in yeah. the league. He wasn't particularly efficient either given that snap share. So right. I think, yeah, getting him off the field a little bit more, putting in somebody like an you know, Oway to let him to kind of develop a, among that group, he could uh, he could develop there nicely. So, yeah, I like him in uh, in Tennessee for for Jason Oway. Nice, uh, it's, I like it. Yeah, I don't know where he'll go. He's a I, like I don't know. Some I've seen mocks where he goes in the first round. I've seen second round. I know, and, you know he, his yeah, his
1: value is one of the values. It's kind of like it's all over the place. You have people who love them, and then there's people yeah. that are like uh, it's kind of like us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's interesting. He so, is. um,
0: but yeah, I, I, I mean, I came away really liking him, but yeah, I, I get your, your, um, the, like the skepticism towards him for sure too. Yeah. Right. So, um, all right. So let's look at Joseph Osai from Texas. Uh, so the negatives for me, Okay, one of the negatives was that he wears number forty six. First of all, uh, I think <laughs> aesthetically he loses points there. I don't, I hate the number. Um, it's it's not a number that looks nice on tape. So forty six was a big negative for me. Um, but no, uh, in all seriousness, he 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 was he was more of a, an off ball linebacker right. last year. Um, right. So yep. he played more in the box and I, I don't think it was until their bowl game against Utah that they actually moved him to the edge full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's still getting kind of used to the position. And, you know, he, he there's still parts of his game that he could develop, but there's parts of game his game that I like. So as far as like some more of the negatives, he can become a little bit better at anticipating the snaps. Uh, he he could really develop, I think into a top tier edge rusher. The athleticism is there, but mm-hmm. he needs more reps at the position to get a better feel for the timing and the snaps. He's a lot of the times he's the last guy off the ball. Once that ball is snapped, right. is I, I found so a little bit slow in his anticipation, but again, that's, you know, learning the position a little bit too. So, it, some of the positives for him, I found that he already shows good speed and power. Uh, he, he seems to have developed some counters as well, which I thought was uh, which was nice to see. Uh, he does win in a, a variety of ways, and he doesn't really give, give up. He's got good second effort, yeah. um, which a lot of the some pass rushers in this class um, didn't really have. So I thought the second effort was, was key for him. And he's got off-ball lines, linebacker instincts against the run, which mm-hmm. is nice to have if you're looking for a three-down guy um he does a nice job navigating blocks and and tracking the ball carrier and not losing that gap control as well so um there's a play against oklahoma that really stood out for me where he's able to force a fumble by chasing the running back this is kind of similar to the jalen phillips um (laughs) running back 20 yards downfield (laughs) so he's the running backs 20 plus yards downfield and oh Osai is kind of navigating this huge crowd of players and he's the one that emerges from the back of the group to the front dives at the running back and knocks the ball out for a fumble. Uh, I thought that that showed a lot of like, that, that kind of hunger, the mm-hmm. desire to kind of win. So that was nice. It's it's one of those intangible things, I guess, but I, I like that about him. So um, he's a similar build to kind of like a Kamoko Ture, but I think he's a better run defender than Ture mm-hmm. where Ture was, he's more of a better pass rusher
1: right now, obviously. But yep. um, yeah, so I, I came away I kind of like Joseph Osire. I actually do too. And I, th- I think it has to do with the off ball linebacker skills. Like you yeah. said, like he's, he's very good in run defense. Um, he's got great explosion. Another guy who almost had an 11 foot broad jump. Um, he what was it, in 19, in 2019. He had 90 tackles and two interceptions. Granted his coverage skills aren't great, right. but he's shows he understands zone concepts. Uh, he mm-hmm. doesn't really have any business in man to man, but, I think it's coachable for him. He has good size. He has the athleticism to do it. And I think, honestly, he could possibly be drafted as an off-ball linebacker, to be completely honest with you, and then be used in blitzing situations. Or I'm going to give you my landing spot now, go to somewhere like Miami, where he could fill that Van Noy role because Van Noy just left. So you have that pass-rushing linebacker who can drop a little bit, almost like a strong side linebacker hybrid with an edge rusher. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I like that call. I, I I think his versatility is great, and he has the explosion to win and he has the power to win, and his motor is phenomenal, yeah, i the one part the one thing I didn't like about his motor is sometimes it makes him a little over aggressive. He gets a little too deep in his pass rush or he's launching at somebody instead of wrapping up. and it but it's it's all just teach him to slow down. That's it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I came away a big fan of Osai too. Nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like the I like the Miami landing spot too like you said with Van Noy. The the comparisons there is a pretty good one. Um yeah, I like it better than mine. I, I said Atlanta. Um I mean, I think just it, it, to get him snaps, get him opportunity to hone his kind of pass rushing skills. Mm-hmm. I think Atlanta will, will need the help. They only really have like Dante Fowler, Dante yeah. Fowler there. So, um, I was looking at opportunity for him, but I like what you say about, um, kind of that, that strong side linebacker that plays off the edge as well. Um, I think that's a good fit for him, uh, in the NFL. It, it's, he's got both skill sets, so he yeah. can, he can do a little bit of everything. So, um, nice, good call all right uh the next guy on the list is quitty pay from michigan uh i will let you take over for quitty
1: pay quitty pay is another athletic monster uh he's powerful as anything if there's one thing you watch quitty pay you see a bull rush bull rush bull rush almost (laughs) every single time is a bull rush i mean he wins often with his bull rush i mean what he had 30 36 reps at the yeah, at his pro day 10. that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh 35 and a half inch vertical, ran a four five two. His athleticism is again off the charts. And he plays with great leverage, good leg drive. That I mean my problem is he relies on the bull rush almost mm-hmm. every single time. He hasn't really shown any other pass rush moves for me. And when you get to the NFL and you start playing against some bigger tackles, some bigger guards, you're not gonna win with a bull rush every single time. You're gonna have to learn some variety. Yeah. But what he did show is he does have athleticism. So if you can teach him to get around the edge, he has the speed, but he needs to learn how to use his hands a little better instead of just into the chest. He needs to learn a little grip and rip something of, of that line, maybe a swim. I did see a swim move every now and then, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a very good prospect. I think he just needs to be taught a little bit and not rely on one move so much. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's a, yeah, that's a good call cuz he he was one of the guys that I actually did get to watch um I watched the 2019 tape because we only got four games out of him in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that was one of the negatives, right? Is we wanted to kind of see more of him, but the, you know, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he, he did show some, a little bit of versatility playing along the line in, in 2019, but didn't have nearly as much success playing uh, like inside versus outside. So right. uh, it, it, looking at his kind of pass rush grades, um, he had a 64, Point six pass rush grade when lined up inside versus an 87.2 pass rush grade, uh, outside in 2020. And then the same thing, um, when lined up in in 2019, it was 56.4 inside 78.6 outside. Mm -hmm. Um, so big, big gaps there as far as where he's, he's winning from a lot of his wins come on the outside, which is fine. I mean, he's an edge rusher, but you know, you still like to see a little bit of that versatility. Uh, it, it could have been just the, the small sample size of 2020, but I would have liked to see him continue kind of develop that inside move a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't have to lean too much on like a speed rush or a bull rush, like you said, um, that he did kind of tend to to lean towards. Uh the the positives was like you said, that athleticism is is clear and obvious. i uh, you mentioned the pro day numbers. And he didn't even run uh, the three cone, which is what he's kind of become right. known for oh, as well, yeah, which is that's like a right. sub six five three cone. Unbelievable. It's crazy. So he's, he's a huge guy, um, you know, thick physical. Um, he does have that strong bull rush. You see it show up against the run as well. I thought that was one of the keys for him. His best tape was the 2020 game against Minnesota, mm. uh, as well as the Indiana game. Those are the two games that really like made me like Quiddy pay a lot. Um, one thing that was interesting for him that I found was that in 2019, he he relied a little bit on that inside move more whereas 2020 he seemed to kind of lean on more of like an outside or or bull rush move mm-hmm. um so yeah he 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 didn't want switch it up too often he kind of focused on one move most of the time and then kind of stuck with it for the year what it seemed like yeah. um just in watching him but yeah. Like you said, I think if he can develop a few more moves or, you know, be at least be able to switch it up a little bit more, c- he could really develop it into a, into a great edge rusher because he, yeah, he has the power. He sends O-line backwards. He disrupts run plays. Um, he's going to put up those tackle numbers, which help his IDP floor yep. and play all three downs that way. And I think with that athletic ability, he, could, he has the potential at least to develop into the best pass rusher in this class, yeah. I would think. Yep. Definitely. All right, so as far as landing spot goes, um, I went with the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Uh, Oh, I like it.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, they were without Daniel Hunter last year. They, they really struggled as far as pass rush goes. I think they were, uh, one of the worst teams in the league in, in uh, pass rush grade as well as run defense grade. So I think adding pay as well as getting Daniel Hunter back, you see a big boost for that defense, especially coached by Mike Zimmer, who's a defensive minded coach. Mm-hmm. Um, would be, would be key for him. So
1: Pay in Minnesota was, uh, was what I liked. How about you? Uh, I, I went with, uh, the chargers taking over for mm-hmm. Ingram playing across yeah. from Joey Bosa. Wow. Uh, imagine the athleticism come out, coming off the edge there, Bosa yeah. and, and pay. It's just it's wow. something you don't want to see, but that, yeah, ad- that was- I mean, they've always had a great duo with Ingram and Bosa, but Ingram, he is gone now, right? I'm trying to remember yeah. He's still a free agent. Yeah. Um, last day, so I saw, I don't think, think they're going to re-sign him. He's, I think he's 31 and 32 years old. He had a g- good career there. So yeah, I think pay can be just as productive. Yeah. That would be interesting for sure. Wow. Against with, with
0: Joey. Bosa, yeah. yeah. That defense is already pretty good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adding Quiddy pay would be, would be huge. Yeah. Um, All right, uh, let's head to Patrick Jones uh, from Pittsburgh. So Patrick Jones, I'll start us off here. So I mentioned it earlier, um, six of his nine sacks in 2020. They did come over three seconds, which is the most by any name on on, on this list Mm -hmm. that we've gone over. Uh, And 57% of his pressures were cleanup or unblocked pressures. So um, unblocked is self-explanatory. The cleanup ones are ones where somebody else has already created the initial pressure and the quarterback is usually rushing into the pass lane of now the player that's getting the cleanup pressure. In this case, it's Patrick Jones. That was a
1: pretty impressive defensive line he was a part of with Mm -hmm. him, Weaver and Twyman. Yeah. Jalen
0: Twyman was yeah. there too. Yeah. Rashad. Yeah. So it, it's a good group and, and you could kind of see why he, he benefited there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and the other thing was he was a lot, He was among the the lowest win rate percentages of this group as well. It was second second lowest at thirteen point seven percent. Obviously, with Rashad at the bottom. Um, but the positives for him was I think he was solid in run defense. He, he was able to get off bo- blocks pretty quickly and attack the ball carrier. Um, and he was one of the guys that I found successfully executed a bull rush regularly Mm -hmm. um, of this group. Not a lot of guys were doing it. Like Quiddy Pay was able to do it. But other than that, there was, you just kind of see it every once in a while where I think Patrick Jones was able to kind of push the pocket a little bit more and, and send guys backwards, which was nice to see. Um, the most interesting game for me for him was the FSU game this year. They, they kind of used him in this joker role where he was able to kind of move along the line um, as an inside linebacker and attack the attack the quarterback that way as a pass rusher. It was kind of like the schemed up pressure type mm. of thing that they were doing. Um, but he, they only did that the one game, um, but it, it worked well and he, he had a nice game because of it. So I, I was wondering why they didn't do that a little bit more but that was nice to see um and even though he tries to win with speed on the edge more often than not i found that his best move was that kind of inside swim move as well mm-hmm. he, he's
1: developed that pretty nicely so
0: um yeah that was me on patrick jones how about you
1: yeah uh, i was impressed with his bull rush he's got good leg drive he seems like mm-hmm. a pretty powerful human being um yeah. he's got a when his motor's engaged it's an incredibly high motor but it's not always engaged. He's got an inconsistent mode. There's, there's times you can see him where he takes plays off, but when it's engaged, I feel like he's just all 100% the entire play. Um, I like him in run defense. I, he's got a pretty good tackle radius too. And uh, I, don't, I, I don't recall seeing him miss too many tackles. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but, mm-hmm. um, he, he's got pretty good length. He's got pretty good size. He's very powerful. Um, is he going to be the next best thing? No. Is he solid? Yes. Um, I could see him maybe a pass rush role to start his career, but I think he ends up being a three down line or three down uh, edge rusher, but I don't see him being anything more than like, I, I could see him being like a Trey flowers, like a seven sack, oh. 45 tackle kind of guy. So he's, he's going to be a nice DL two, but I I don't see him having the ceiling of some of these other guys. Yeah. 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 I I would agree with that. He's,
0: he he was good, not great kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, he was working with a pretty good defensive line there, uh, in Pittsburgh. And that's kind of what I think, um, helped him quite a bit, um, was that defensive line. But as far as landing spot goes, I I wasn't too sure with him. I put him in the Texans, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of let them be like to a lesser extent that kind of clowny role or or jj watt that they were using move them around the line a little bit utilize that joker role a little bit more which they did do with Jadavion clowny um for for about a year and and kind of scheme up some pressure for them that way so yeah um yeah, not a not a great landing spot for Patrick Jones. I, I really don't know where he would get drafted um, in the NFL. I think he's I think he's kind of later, so I, he, there's a chance he falls even further than where he's projected. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that
1: that was what I was thinking. I'd like to see him in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's okay. already got a very stout defense, and they come up with pressure in kind of a number of ways. I've seen Antoine Winfield in the backfield. They blitz with Devin White quite often. And that kind of relieves some of the pressure off of your edge guys when it happens more regularly than not. And Mm -hmm. he can learn from JPP, um, Shaquille Barrett. So he doesn't have to be a guy that goes in there right away, be a three down guy. He can be a rotation guy and then maybe learn from some of these vets that consistently come up with pressure and play on a very good defense. Yeah, that's a good call.
0: Yep, I like that. That's a good one. Um, All right. Let's head to our final name on the list. It is Mr. Quincy Roche, the third member of this uh, Miami edge rusher group. Uh, What did you think of Quincy
1: Roche? So he's a good pass rusher. I think he's another guy who's just a pass rusher, though. I don't Mm -hmm. see him coming. He's not very great in containment. Um, He's got a good assortment of pass rush moves. You've seen him win in a variety of ways but he i feel like his motor is close to non-existent i don't know i didn't look back at any of his temple tape but watching yeah. him in miami it was like he gets blocked and if he loses instantly then it's just done he he's his yeah. hands go down it's like he completely gives up so i'm not a fan of really anybody who plays like that and it was consistently like that it was mm-hmm. very rare you see him pursue so mm-hmm. I don't know if he's just was taking it easy because it was his final year and he could base some of his tape off of the previous years for scouts, but I don't think that was really the way to go. And Jalen Phillips kind of made him look like an afterthought and, and which is unfortunate because Roche had a solid year. It's just, he was unspectacular by any means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, uh, pretty much a hundred percent there with, with Roche, the, the first game that I watched of him that scared me off of him basically was the game against Virginia tech, where he had to go up against Christian Derisaw, mm-hmm. uh at left tackle. Derrissaw handled him pretty easily. Um, meanwhile, Jalen Phillips is on the other side and he had like three sacks mm-hmm. in that game. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was the, the first red flag for Roche for me after that kind of watching more of his tape. Um, he was another guy that was kind of laid out of his stance the majority Mm -hmm. of time, especially when he lined up with his hand in the dirt. Yeah. Like he, if he was standing up, it was a little bit better. And if he was in a two point stance, but even still that first step wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he's lining up with his hand in the dirt, he was pretty much always the last guy off the line, um, which was a, which was a negative for me. He is 23 years old already. So he's a bit of an older um, prospect. There's a couple guys that are 23, but, I didn't get to watch any of his temple tape. Um, I know he had de- decent production there. I think 13 sacks or something yeah. in 2019, but it's
1: also the Atlantic 10.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not the same as, uh, yeah, going in the ACC against some better teams, better competition. So he has, he had good inside and outside moves. Um, Not great. Uh, He did rely more on the the outside move a little Mm -hmm. bit more, which was the better move um, to be honest. But he's definitely kind of like a more of a finesse rusher. He takes a second to set up the O-line and then kind of decides his plan of attack. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, But I think you're right. I think he is kind of just the pass rusher kind of guy. And um, there wasn't a ton that was overly impressive about Roche for me. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Off the line. That's a 100% good call. I remember seeing that. Yeah. He was very slow off the line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's something to work on, but you know, it's for some of these other guys like Jalen Phillips, you know, and, and even Jason Owe guys get off quickly. Yeah. Like it, it, It is a separator, right? right? So, um, yeah, he was fine in some games, but yeah, the Virginia tech game was, it was really, it was really tough to watch. Tough. And that's NFL competition, right? Christian exactly. is likely a first
1: rounder. Yep. So he, he handled them pretty easily. Yeah, um, If you can't win against NFL talent, you're not going to make it.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. And then, uh, so where did you have him as a, a, ideal landing spot?
1: Uh, the saints actually taking over oh. for Hendrickson being that just, nice. just a pass rusher rule. Yep. But
0: Yep. That, that works for sure. I was thinking the same thing, kind of just as a pass rusher, but at the, in the Rams, yep. um, defense so they have leonard floyd there uh, you know i think he could play that's that's all they really have as, as an edge rusher they have yeah. Aaron donald obviously but oh, yeah. um <laughs> yeah if he's gonna benefit from having somebody push the pocket like aaron donald that might that might help
1: him a little bit aaron but, donald's uh, got many people paid in their careers oh yeah that's for
0: sure <laughs> yeah he is uh he's an impressive human being yes um, but, but uh, yeah that that's the full list um what do you think you want to go through and rank these guys one to 10, 10 to one? How do you feel like doing it? Um, let's go 10
1: to one. All right, cool. I actually, and I, I I have my list that I just wrote and I still feel like it's It's changing on me as I'm talking to you. It's like,
0: (laughs) man, it's tough. It's going to change. It's going to happen from now to draft time. It's going to happen after draft time. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so
1: who did you have as, uh, as number 10 on the list? Uh, Hamilcar Vashed. Yeah. I know I'm that's the, you too. Same. I think he's on, yeah. I think he's number like 13 for you. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> there's definitely guys that I haven't watched that I like better. So, <laughs> uh,
0: but then again, I haven't watched that 2019 tape. So who knows? We'll, yeah. we'll get in there and probably watch him. But, uh, number nine, who did you, uh, who did you put? There? Uh, Roche. Oh yeah. Okay. I went Roche as well. Um,
1: I'm with you on that one. And then at eight, I went Patrick Jones. Same. I had him earlier. I had him higher, but I'd never heard the, the win rate. Like you said, and I was like, okay, that's not good. And then the three seconds, three second pressures. I was like, okay. So that bumped him back a little bit for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the benefit of getting like a, the, the advanced analytics adding to it, mm-hmm. right. Just as, a, just as an additional tool in, in scouting, right. It, it kind of helps a little bit to see how these guys um, differ from one another. And yeah, that was one, that was one for, for me for Patrick Jones that pushed him down the list yeah. as well. So. Um, At number seven, I put Joseph Osai.
1: Um, yep. I have Osai as well, actually. I do. Nice. I am. He could move up for me, though, because if he's (laughs) drafted in a position where he could play off ball linebacker, but is listed as a DL, that could be huge. That's
0: almost like a cheat code. That would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like on a sleeper or something like that. Yeah, that's a good call. Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah, we'll see how he gets drafted. But uh, yeah, he would definitely move up if that was the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And then who do you have at uh, number six? Uh, Carlos Basham. Wow, me too. Okay. We have the exact same list so far. I know. <laughs> um, I, I, I had kind of shock at Tony around this area as well, like six and seven. Like if I were yep. to put him in there. Um, I don't know where you ended up with him.
1: I have him right at six. Okay. Yeah, it's So like yeah, so we, I didn't add him to the top ten just because we kind of right. threw him in there, but
0: yeah, I would have too. him right here. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So then at five, I went with Gregory Rousseau. I went with OA okay there we go so we finally got it yes <laughs> yeah yep. that no that makes sense um i'll i'll uh i can accept that for sure uh and then at four who did you put at four at Rousseau. okay yeah i went aziz Jalari. really yeah i know it's i know it's low uh and he's he's he was kind of, so with the linebackers, it was Jeremiah Wusukoromoa who moved up and down with me mm-hmm. um, for the edge rushers. It's Zizo Zolari who moves up and down. And I think just from an IDP standpoint, I think like if he is just going to be that kind of third down specialist pass rush role, I think it takes away a little bit of that, um, potential that he has for fantasy points. Yep. So that's kind of what worries me a bit, but, um, I mean, he could easily develop into number one for me. Like right. he's, he's, he's that good. Like he's, he's, a he has that outside movie, does it so well, but um, yeah, just at the time of writing this,
1: basically he came in at number four. I know from the time of writing my article to now it's changed. So right. <laughs> it's going to change again. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Probably three more times.
0: Yeah. Um and then number three for me was Jason Oway. So you had him at five. I I, I had him a little bit higher. Yeah. I went three. Um I have a uh,
1: Quitty Pie. Nice. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I had Quid at number two. Yep, I have Aziz Ojulari at two. Ojulari okay. was normally has been my one, but I've been teetering with Jalen Phillips and Yeah. It's just yeah. Jalen Phillips is so complete. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's number one for me too.
0: I, I think He's just my, he's my favorite player in this edge group. I, I mean, he does everything so well. Right. I, I, I throwing the health stuff out the window. He said, he's fine. He's, he, he's played like he's healthy. Yeah. Um, I mean, NFL teams are going to do their due diligence, obviously, and, and, and see what exactly is going on there. But if he passes all the tests and, and ends up in the first round, like he's, he's still going to probably be number one yep. for me. So, I yeah. know, same. All right. Yeah. Jalen Phillips. Bang. There you have it. All right. Really, really interesting edge class this year. That's for sure. We, we mentioned it at the top. There's no Nick Bosa or Chase Young blue chip talent. Um, even like a cave on Thibodeau who is expect, yeah. expected to come out next season. Looks really good. He does. <laughs> so looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, still some really interesting names I thought. And the guys that, of guys that can be IDP relevant. Um, I'm sure there's some guys that we left off as well, but I know, you know, once the NFL draft wraps up, um, and we get some movement in these we'll get some movement in these rankings for IDP purposes. Um, but I think pre-draft slash talent wise, this is kind of how we're ranking them today. And like you said, Joey, it's gonna change um probably from now yeah. until, <laughs> until the draft. Oh, it yeah. just does, like as you watch more of these guys and more information comes in and things like that. So, um, I'll be sure to do kind of a re-ranking episode of these edge rushers once the draft concludes and they all end up in their, in their landing spots. But, uh, for now, that's it. Um, Joey. I can't thank you enough for, for joining me and uh, sharing your expertise on these players. Really, really appreciate your time. Uh, before you go, please share with the good folks where they can find you on the Twitters. And if you have any work that you'd like to promote that you're doing this off season, in season, anything like that, please
1: share. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joey, the tooth IDP. You can find any of my written work at idpguys.org. Um, I'm helping them. I actually, this off season, I, helped in creating a tool where we created rankings based off of projections. I made IDP projections for close to 350 players. And we created a tool that now will adjust to your scoring. You can put in your scoring settings and it uses the projections to change the rankings. So that's nice. that was pretty big. Um, I'm hoping it catches a little more steam. The only problem is it's behind a paywall. So that's the, that's the tough part there is getting people to, to join, to check it out, but trust me, it's, it's huge. If you, with IDP, everybody uses so many different scoring settings. You have a tool now that it doesn't matter. You can put in your scoring and it'll adjust rankings for you. So that's a great idea. That was, that was something I was involved in this offseason. Um, we are currently doing a rookie draft guide for both offense and IDP. I have about 25 profiles between the two. And uh, that'll be coming out shortly after the draft once we get all the landing spots done. And, uh, other than that, I'll be able, I've been diving my feet in the Debbie pool a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we, we just started doing Debbie over at IDP guys. So I'm all over the place. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep doing the IDP update. Well, I'll, I'll keep trying to do some, some rookie stuff leading up to the draft and then afterwards we'll, we'll do your, our, our normal weekly deal. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. We have a lot going on at IDP guys. And uh, I just love all the work, man. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, definitely go check out Joey's work at
0: idpguys.org. Check out that scoring to tool as well because yeah that's a great idea a lot of people struggle with the scoring of of IDPs and how to rank players because of it but having that tool makes a big difference so um, very interesting very cool Um, Joey thank you again And on that, that is it. Another episode of the Big Nickel IDP podcast in the books. Uh, thank you to everyone who, who tuned in and who has been tuning in with me. Uh, I've been blown away by the support, the amount of people listening. I I truly can't thank you all enough. Um, we're, we're going to keep going, uh, throughout the off season. So please keep tuning in. If you're, if you're looking for more of my work, you can find it on pff.com. Uh, at the time this episode drops, I believe my, most, I'll have my entire pre-draft uh, positional rankings articles up on the site for IDP um, with some more in-depth uh, PFF grades and, and data nuggets, things like that. So if you want to access more player ga- grades and, and premium content, you can get yourself a PFF Edge or Elite subscription. Uh, next episode, we finish off the pre-draft rankings for this rookie IDP class, moving into the secondary to talk about safeties. Uh, and also moving away from all of these idpguys.org fellas, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke, we obviously, appreciate it. I love, uh, Johnny, Kyle, and Joey, but uh, yeah, we're bringing in uh, Mr. John Glosser from DynastyNerds.com, who has been pumping out a ton of rookie profiles. So I'm excited to, to talk to John and uh, learn more about his favorite safety prospects. Uh, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. Uh, Thank you all again for joining me, uh, myself and Joey. Can't wait to do it all again with y'all next time. But for now, I do peace out.